Hey everybody, this is Sean Dustin and Aurora Eggert from the Borealis Experience, and I'm obviously from the Nowhere to Go But Up podcast. Today we have a guest with us. Uh, this is our third episode that we've been doing this. Uh, if you want to know a little bit more information and you don't know quite what we do here, uh, go into the description and there will be an explanation as to what this is and, and why we're doing it. We have Annette, also known as Cave Girl Claire, or you can find her at CaveDwellerClub.com. Hey, everybody. This is John Dustin and Aurora. What is that? Uh, echo, echo. No. Uh, something. I don't know. Um, anyways, so I'm going to go ahead and share this, and I'm going to share this to uh, Aurora's um timeline while i'm doing that go ahead and take over aurora and uh this is your first time meeting annette so get acquainted yay well thank you so much for uh making the time and for being here with us um i read that you got curious um about our little mission here because uh sean is so open-minded and by the way he received a huge award as a best mental health podcast so applause to him what that's yes. awesome <laughs> and um you got curious about me because um i'm ready to take accountability for some behavior that uh yeah we as women uh, exhibit and um i feel the need to talk about it and and you obviously liked it and you have lots of stuff to share with us here today so i'm excited to get to know you and learn from you and yeah go on and introduce yourself to our lovely listeners here i'm excited to be here <laughs> yes i was very encouraged by your guys's take on human behavior and um there were just a couple of things that really jumped out at me and made me think that maybe some of what I've learned about um, specifically evolutionary psychology and human behavior um, might be fun to kind of just kick around, you know, not like as Sean says, this isn't going to be like a, you know, a, a course as he calls it, <laughs> but um, just some ideas to kind of take the pressure off you guys a little bit um not not in a way that would uh excuse your behavior but maybe explain it in a way that i don't know is a little more forgiving <laughs> does that make sense yes <laughs> okay yeah that's did, uh that's so beautiful did, did we seem like we were really hard on ourselves no it's just some of the things it's hard to explain because some of the things they made perfect sense and you were being completely open and it was encouraging to hear. But um, I think people in general are hard on themselves because they don't understand where, where our psychology is kind of developed in a way. And that that's kind of what I wanted to try and talk about. Okay. That's okay. so cool. That's, yeah. And, 
and your and your and your background. Did you? As I was doing that, I'm sorry. I was trying to share this to different groups. Did you? Did you explain a little bit about your background already? No. Um, so I have a master's degree in educational psychology, which I got about 30 years ago. But about 30 years ago, there was this other kind of pocket of psychology called evolutionary psychology. And um, I couldn't really study it because it wasn't, you know, it didn't have a bunch of research behind it. It was just kind of a, a couple of researchers that I've since met and kind of kicked around some ideas with. Um, and so, you know, 30 years later, I had an experience where I couldn't explain my behavior and it really kind of bothered me. And when I went back, my, my jam is like research. So when I have an issue or problem, that's just kind of where I go. I, I start looking at research and that's just, it makes me feel better, I guess. <laughs> so I did that and I kind of rediscovered this little pocket of psychology and it started not justifying my behavior, but it was kind of explaining it in a way that was like, oh, okay, it doesn't me it doesn't make me sound so crazy, you know, like almost like a rationalization, but not quite. And so when I started kind of looking at the world from this perspective, this evolutionary perspective, other things that didn't make sense to me started making sense. And I was like, well, maybe there's something to this. Like, cause I'm pretty suspicious by nature. That's why, you know, I poke at things and make sure that, you know, I believe them. So, and this kind of explained a few things. So, so I have a master's in psychology, but it's not evolutionary psychology. That's my long answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm I'm fascinated to know. I mean, we had a short conversation uh, when I was in the airport going to, I think it was on my way to Florida. And uh, we talked a little bit about what you were talking about, uh, but I'm still, I, like you said, I was, there was so much going on. I had so many distractions. Um, I, I definitely would like to hear more about it. And, uh, you know, I'm always interested in finding out why I do some of the, some of the effed up things that I do or have done in my life and, you know, what it is, what it's attributed to. And like, I have my own suspicions and my own ideas, but I mean, I know that there's a lot that, you know, evolution plays in, in how we do things, DNA, genetics, um, you know, even, even into, uh, the kind of genetic, oh, what do they call that? They call that generational. No, gen is it epigenetics, a generational trauma? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, shoot, go for it. <laughs> um, oh, gosh, it's so big. I feel like I don't know where to start. I guess I'll start with um, how I feel like I know a little bit more about cave dwellers, as I call them. Um, than the average person. How about that? Does that seem like it might move us forward, but not too fast? Like <laughs> cave dwellers, yes. meaning meaning like us as a, a species. Um, yeah, yeah. So I mean, go ahead. Like we 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 were hunter gatherers at one point, right? And then something happened, and we were all forced to go into into cave dwelling right something like that well, 
the cave dwelling time happened at the same time as hunter gatherer time. And the main difference between us as modern people and people that lived that were hunter gatherers is they were nomadic. They moved around. That's how they got their food. They followed herds. They followed seasons. That's how they stayed alive. They didn't stay in one place for very long. So um, the, the main, and there are hunter gatherer societies still on the planet. Not everyone lives like what I call a modern person, but there are modern day hunter gatherers. I just want to clarify that. So if we're talking about people who are no longer nomadic, that's like a big chunk of the world now. And that that shift has affected our psychologies a little more than I think modern people think about. And that's just something that I think about. <laughs> So as we've, as we've kind of evolved, right. And we've, we've gone into being more of a modern society. I think some of the things that we don't experience anymore are, are dangers, right. The kind of dangers that we used to experience all the time. And like, you know, we're not, we don't have to worry about walking around and getting eaten by a lion, or we don't have to worry about, you know, going, looking for food, hunting and the, another tribe attacking, attacking us. Right. And so all of those things sort of, you know, kind of were built into to who we were and how we, we, you know, perceived the things around us and, and lived our lives. Now we don't have that. I mean, there, there, there are some dangers. I mean, you know, obviously, you know, don't go to the ghetto in the middle of the night, you know, or, you know, so, I won't even say ghetto, let's just say to the, to, to the batter parts of, you know, maybe a, a city or a town or, you know, whatever it is you want to call, it. we don't go there in the, in, in the night because it's dangerous. So yeah, well, it's unfamiliar. That's what's scary about it. Yeah. Okay. So now how does that play into like, you know, Aurora and my, ourselves, we were, you know, abusive people. We, you know, treated people in a way um, that, you know, is probably not looked, looked at very kindly. You know, if you were to, if you were to just, you know, come out and say, well, this is you know what I did. And we actually, we've done that. We've, we've said that we've, yeah. we've talked about how we were and, that's not the norm. No, but is that you mean talking about it's not the norm? Well, talking about it's not the norm, but actually acting that way, I don't think is the norm as well, unless it happens way more than we think. I think it does. Um, what you guys talk about is kind of, I don't want to say extreme versions of it, but I think at some level. Okay, so let me try it from this angle. Um, when we were in tribes, we knew every person we lived with very, very well. They're the only people, let's call it a hundred people. They were the only people we ever knew, basically living day to day. Maybe we would come across another tribe. And when most people talk about tribal behavior, the first thing that pops into their head is tribe versus tribe, right? Like a tribal behavior is fighting for resources or something like that. But in my head, what's more interesting to me is what went on between tribe members. So that's kind of how I look at 
interpersonal relationships now, I imagine what would it have been like back then when we only had 100 people to deal with and to know. And so that's a little bit different than even the general study of evolutionary psychology. It's, it's kind of a more of a big picture. And I think it's more interesting to talk about the psychology part of evolutionary psychology, like thinking about how life would have been. I mean, imagine only knowing 100 people your whole life. That would be pretty cool if you were a cave dweller, because like you said, life when you're a cave dweller is super scary. You're part of the food chain. It gets dark. There's very little time to like just chill, right? You're just constantly scared. It's like a state you're in almost all the time, except when you're with your tribe. So I think we have remnants of this this assumption or this belief as modern people that the people immediately around us should be on our team, on our side, and in some ways, literally thinking the way that we think. Because when we were tribe, when we were living in a tribe, we had to basically think with one mind. We, the only thing we did all day, every day was look for food and share it. That's all we did. It's hard to imagine, but that's how I <laughs> imagine our psychology. Part of our psychologies were developed during this time. And so when you get an interpersonal relationship with someone, and at some level, we're not aware of this because it's so old and ingrained in our minds, we expect the people immediately around us to be on our page, on our exact page and on our wavelength. And when they're not, I think there's this moment of, of fear, like, oh crap, this person is not in my head. And it's, it's a scary feeling. Mm -hmm. I have a question for you, Annette. Yes. So would you say that abusive behavior stems from a wound that we have experienced in the past and it's our way to protect ourselves now? Like when we aggress someone else, we protect ourselves, which doesn't really make sense because then the whole mess starts. But that's just how our system was wired to react when something scares us. Yes, mostly. <laughs> Short answer, yes. Um, but what I'd like to talk, it's a fear response. You're totally right. Like. But it's just an instant like, oh, this person doesn't know what I'm thinking. There's something amiss. Like, can I trust this person now? It's mm -hmm. this um, every living thing in my head is on a continuum between trust and fear. So any point of any day you're going about your day, you're somewhere on this continuum. And when you get bumped into fear without your kind of consciously knowing about it, then you do things like lash out, mm -hmm. but it's a, it, it is, it's a fear thing. And, and as cave dwellers, if we were scared of something, it was either fight, flight, or freeze. Mm -hmm. But as modern people, we have this extra special thing that we can do, which is control. Mm -hmm. 
So we try to control the thing that scares us. Mm -hmm. I, I agree with that. And I, I think the analogy is that, and I've done, I've done this before and I'll explain. So when I've been in, let's say, let's say I've, I've pushed my significant other to the point where they now want to leave the fear starts setting in. Oh my God, what am I going to do? I don't, am I going to be able to survive on my own? Am I going to be able to do this? Am I going to be able to do that? How am I ever going to find, uh, you know, somebody else? Who am I going to have sex with? Uh, you know, all, all of these things start coming into, into play. And instead of doing the thing that, I know would probably salvage the, the maybe salvage the relationship, maybe, um, you know, show some remorse or, um, uh, remorse or, or something, you know, other than trying to control the situation, what ends up, what ended up happening is, is that I do, I, I do the behaviors that will produce the exact thing that I don't want to have happen even more. And so I feel scared or, well, it's in an effort to control it, but the fear is what kicked it off. Mm -hmm. And so instead of, you know, okay, well, let me try to bully them into, you know, doing what I want them to do or scare them into staying or, you know, saying things like, oh, you'll never find anybody better than me. Or you, all these things, these, these tactics that come out. Um, you know, to manipulate, to, you know, try to control. It's all, it's all an effort of trying to control the situation and control what they do. Mm-hmm. And but other least... people aren't part of the environment. Like, I think it's hard for us to differentiate sometimes. Differentiate like other, what do you mean? Other people aren't part of the environment. So like, well, since we're not in a, in a, in a village setting where everything is open and that behavior, like we're behind closed doors more than we are out in the open. So is that what you mean? Um, It's more like, it's um, as modern people, we feel like we have control over a lot of things. We can control light. We can control temperature. I think we have this kind of um, almost a belief that we can control everything around us. And if there's something in the environment we can't control, then we kick into fear and we're like, oh, it can't control this. And it's like another person is different than a lamp. But I think sometimes we have, as modern people, we have this aura, this kind of magical belief that we we could control this other person. And it it doesn't fit with our current environment. Like our, in our old environment, what we could trust in our environment as like hunter-gatherers was other people. Like we, because we were thinking with one mind, we were all doing the same thing all day, every day. And everything else outside the tribe was the thing that was scary and other people made us feel safe other people were our protection our predictability our and so now we're in a modern world and at some level we're uh still thinking that these the people especially the people in our immediate environment are our significant others should be on our page and then when they're not it's startling 
Mm. What do you think, Aurora? I I think I totally understand Annette's um, angle. But I know from my story, from myself, that it was not that the people were not on my page. It was that I was scared of an outcome that would hurt me and I wanted to anticipate. And sometimes in picking a fight and you know the other person a little bit, you know how they're going to react instead of living in harmony is strange for me it's not familiar because my life was not always harmonious so i i'm more in expectance of something that is going to disturb so i should disturb and then this is familiar even though it's uncomfortable um but i don't i have a hard time to understand the not being on the same page because i see the enemy in the other um because I fear they have control over my well-being. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see what you're saying. And see, this this is um, yeah, I don't know, this is hard for me to talk about. But <laughs> um, we weren't always cave dwellers. There was a time when we were tree dwellers too. Like, and so. Let me say it this way. There was a time when we couldn't talk to each other and we were dependent on things like hierarchies Mm -hmm. to get through our day. When we couldn't talk to each other and we had to do something together, there was a boss, you know, a head honcho, and then everyone else falls into a hierarchy. So everyone has a role, a controlling role or a following role, and it's all organized and it worked until we could talk to each other and then that kind of messed things up a little bit so in my head there was a time when we couldn't talk to each other and we were dependent on hierarchies and i call this the win-lose era where someone was winning and someone was losing there was someone in control and there were people that were following Mm -hmm. that's kind of what i'm i'm hearing from you like in your growing up when you were a kid there was there was a winner and a loser yes powerlessness you felt powerless and you yes. you were either going to be powerful or powerless right. exactly and that is it's more cut and dry and as we evolved and got other tools and can talk to each other we moved into a time when we were more win win not win lose like if you're in a group and everyone benefits if everyone cooperates that's a different like t- tool that we have in our psyches. So mm-hmm. you're talking about the psyche that we had even before we were cave dwellers. It's the time when we couldn't talk and everything was win-lose as opposed to win-win. So mm-hmm. I think that's why humans are so confusing and get confused is we have so many sets of tools that we can use to communicate with each other and we're not aware Mm-hmm. That we have these separate like modes. And when you get kicked into fear, you're like win lose. That's your mode. I'm either winning or losing. Yeah. Does that make any sense? Oh, totally. 
There's a yeah. good there's a good question here. Roman Jones chimes in with is that maybe because everyone isn't working towards a common goal of what's best for the group, but instead everyone is working towards individual goals? Totally. Great question, Roman. Thank you. Excellent. <laughs> now, and also too, it wasn't there like the human brain is only capable of recognizing so many people in it, right? Like you're, you're memorizing, memorizing, like, like you have a catalog of people that are in your head and it only goes up to a certain amount of people. And then after that, you don't, you don't recognize them anymore. It's harder to, um, we start compartmentalizing. So let's say you see a, an African-American face. They all look the same because you, maybe you don't have a lot of experience with that kind of face. So yes and no. There's this number called Dunbar's number, which is that's the one I was looking for. Okay, so you knew you knew. Yeah, it's a it's technically 147.3, which is stupid. But um, <laughs> like what's point himself, what's point what's point three of a person? You know, because they made a chart. You know, they <laughs> maybe they're addicted to their chart. It's fine. It's fine. But in real life whatever. So Dunbar's number is, he himself is still alive. He is one of the few ideas in um, evolutionary psychology that almost every researcher agrees on. It's the number which systems start breaking down. Like if you have more than 150 people, things get confusing. And most people who study evolutionary psychology agree that that is because we probably didn't go larger than 150 people in a tribe. So you're right. There is a limit to what we can kind of take in. So do you feel that, that since society has become so large and we have so many, so many folks in it and that we are no longer, I mean, we're in a tribal mentality a lot of times and it, and it, things sort of, shift there when certain things happen. But I mean, as far as, I mean, I've lived in plenty of places where I have no idea what my neighbors, who, who my neighbor was. I lived in an apartment complex and didn't know who was to the left or right above or below me. Um, and it, it seems like a, like it's been normalized to not, not like know your neighbors when those are the people that like, if, if, if the proverbial shit was to hit the fan, the people in your neighborhoods are the ones that are closest to you and that you would need to count on to, to go to help for if you needed it. Right. Right. And I think it's a very unnatural <laughs> way to live. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. It is stressful. And I don't know. We live more isolated now than we used to, or we are, wired to right totally yeah now as it pertains to like behavioral so uh, evolutionary psychology does, does that have anything to do like graham hancock do you know that name mm -mm. uh he was somebody that that did uh you know talked about the um the the dry the the dryer a young, the, the younger era and, you know, when we had the great flood and all the other stuff that, that went along with that. I can't remember what it is. I shouldn't open my mouth unless I knew exactly what I was talking about. 
You never know. I could have known. <laughs> and bits and pieces of Rogan information, Joe Rogan podcast, and the people he has on there stuck in my head. Um, You've had some researchers I know on. Well, I love researchers because I'm not one. And like I, I'm ADHD, and like to to sit there and do that is like really difficult for me. I mean, even just to sit here in my in my in my area and try to do things, it's hard because it's like if the, I got a bunch of windows open, and it's like, oh, I got to go over here. Oh, wait a minute, I'm gonna, damn, what were you doing? Go back to what you were doing. <laughs> yeah, I get sidetracked really easy. Um, but I mean, as this pertains to, you know, our abusive behaviors and the things that were learned, because I think a lot of what I did was learned over a long period of time, you know, like we're, we're talking 40 years of bad behavior that kind of has been ingrained through, you know, I would, and I think a lot of this is, is successes, you know, the win lose thing, right. You know, if, I kept mm -hmm. doing a lot of these things because I kept winning. It kept working. And so if it was working, like manipulating women and using women to, um, you know, as a, as a means to, you know, finding support, uh, like financial support, um, you know, when I didn't have a job, oh, let's go hook up, let's go shack up with a chick. Well, usually the opposite is, you know, women find it a lot easier to play that card you know, for you know, safety, um, you know, in finding safety in a man, right? But you just said the same thing about a woman. I mean, I think we all just go through life sort to survive. Yeah. Really. Yeah, that's, I mean, we, we that, I mean, what I just explained, I did it and I, you know, women do that as well. I guess, I guess we all do it to a certain extent. People, I get annoying because I, I don't like categorizing things. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. That's okay. I mean, it's this. This is a conversation and a in a collaboration of ideas, and you know, all ideas are good and, until they're not, right? Well, that's what I really am impressed with you guys because I have this like theory that people walk around with a set of beliefs just to get them through life because there is too much information coming at us. Our psychology is kind of have to compartmentalize or rationalize to make, have things kind of make sense to us. And some people are in a soap bubble. So their beliefs are kind of, kind of fragile. And if you get near them, they get nervous. But you guys have had enough experiences to where you, your belief system in my head is more like a balloon. So if you have a balloon and it's not totally full, you can add air, you can squish it a little bit, and you can decide if you want to have that in your balloon or if you don't want to have that in your balloon. So that's why another reason I reached out, I was like, they can handle like a kind of strange idea and <laughs> decide if they like it or not. They're gonna not going to freak out just because I have a different perspective, you know? Mm -hmm. No, that's true. Um, when it comes to that phase in your life where you realize that you have been the abusive person, when you kind of come out of the yeah victim mentality that, oh, everybody leaves me, nobody loves me, when you realize, oh, shit, like, actually, I did stuff to repel people, to scare people off, 
what would you say like how can the journey be sustainable how can we learn to not fall back into these patterns because it is so incredibly easy right we i don't know if i can speak for sean too but we both learned that it works we just realized okay it's maybe not awesome but how can we like neuroplasticity let's talk about neuroplasticity how can we relearn new pathways is it in being in a relationship or can we also do it outside of a relationship do you know what i mean like some mm -hmm. i totally do some things we can only learn as a team or when we're exposed to a situations and some things we can learn by ourselves um i totally get what you're saying and it totally fits with um the continuum of trust and fear if you can kind of learn to identify when you're behaving in a fearful way it's it becomes easier to kind of whoa not stop yourself but as you're doing it or maybe after you do it if you take responsibility for your for being afraid mm -hmm. i was afraid just then let me try that again mm -hmm. and if you can just kind of make it a habit of um knowing where you are on the continuum like mm -hmm. if you feel yourself going win-lose be like okay you want to move yourself toward trust and i think that takes being with other people like yeah. your question about because you have to practice it you can't mm -hmm. just like it's easy by when you're by yourself to be in trust because <laughs> you have no one to worry about right yeah yeah you got nobody calling yeah, you on your I shit mean, Yeah, but you can't overreact. And that's, that's the tricky part. Because if you're, well, I think we're all kind of primed as modern people to have a fear response, because we're not living the way our brains kind of are used to. And it seems odd to think of the brain as still thinking that the way it did 10,000 years ago before we started farming, but it, but it, When I look process human behavior with that assumption, so many things make so much more sense. I don't know. It's just, it's mm -hmm. fascinating to me. I have this strange, this strange um, idea of like, because we have, we essentially have two, two different brains in our body. We have this one right here, and then we have the gut biome, which is full of bacterias and, and other things that make different uh, chemicals and, and, you know, cause different reactions in our emotions and our, our things. I, you know, I honestly think that the, you know, when they, we talk about aliens, right? I think the bacteria that are in our body are, are aliens to be honest with you. And they have, they have control of, of like, we're an avatar, right? It we're, feels like that. Yeah. We're an avatar and whatever's in our biome, you know, and, and making these, these, uh, you know, different chemicals and, you know, the, the epinephrine, norepinephrine, all these different things that, that kind of control, you know, whether we're hungry, whether we're angry, whether we're tired, yeah. whether we're all these things, it feels like, sometimes that you know so we're not even in control 
we're just, you know, just let's go this way, you know, just being played by something. And I don't know, maybe I'm, I'm somewhat on, but I just, that's just kind of how it feels to me. Yeah. And I, I, I agree with you. I don't agree about the alien stuff, but I, I, I think that comes from our very distant past, like our ancestral experiences and, and, and I, and I don't think that we're not in control at all. It's just, um, we're not really in tune. Okay. So here's the thing. Just last week, I read about this researcher who, um, she described how the brain can't see, but it's in charge of us. So imagine getting information from your biome or your chemicals or a sound, um, but you can't see the actual environment, but you're trying to control this body. And all you're getting is images or information from inside the body. Like it's this strange, um, picture that popped in my head. It's like our brains are blind. And depending on how much experience we have in life, like if you go through your life and you have a very peaceful childhood and then something bad happens, it's like, whoa, that came out of nowhere. And then if you have like a childhood that's kind of rocky, that's what you are used to. Your brain is like, okay, this is life. This is, I, I, and, and you can get through life with a little more up and down. Does that make sense? Yeah. To a certain extent, but yeah. you're, but you're, but like what Aurora was saying earlier, the familiarity of something, right? So the person that's had the Rocky, so my, I had a Rocky, you know, upbringing and, and a lot of chaos, a lot of, um, you know, stuff going on yelling and and you know to where i'm like really sensitive like if somebody starts yelling at me now it's like mm -hmm. immediately uh, that's what flips me out mm -hmm. and and also too if things are going too well because i'm not used to smooth rides right i, I will do something to purposely knock the knock the train off the track and, and cause chaos because mm -hmm. that's where I'm familiar. I'm like, oh, yes. okay. Oh, I'm back home. <laughs> you know what I mean? I understand. Oh. I understand this. Yeah. It's and that's why people recreate patterns sometimes. Like, you know, if your parent smokes, you'll smoke most most likely because that's what's familiar and that's what's predictable. And we kind of recreate when I say things things should be predictable. I just mean familiar. I don't mean like everything's in place and everything's perfect, but um, I don't know, like Aurora was saying, like she doesn't want to be the loser. She wants to be the winner. But if she could become aware of when she's in fear and when she's in trust, maybe there's the win-win, there's the middle ground where you can like, okay, I was scared. I'm going to try and calm down and look at this from another person's perspective and don't kind of close up and think I'm all alone. I have to do something and panic. If mm. you trust the other person, even just a little bit, you can like work your way toward, okay, that worked all right. Now let's try it with another person, you know, and you kind of like make your in-group bigger and bigger. 
Hmm. It yeah. sounds cheesy, but I don't know. That's just, that's what, like, I wanted to tell you guys while I was listening to you talk to each other. <laughs> mm -hmm. No, that's beautiful. It makes total sense. So Amanda Brooks chimes in with, technology has evolved faster than our brains can assimilate it fully. That's, that's true. Totally th true. And we're so reliant on technology now that it's, it's all coming too fast. In my opinion, our brains are like short circuiting a little bit. <laughs> oh yeah. And then when it comes to online dating, I feel there's so many frustrated people out there and I just think, man, we're not, meant to meet like that like the non-verbal cues you know the scent um like the subtle things that you see right away when you see a person live you don't see on a profile picture and people are not aware enough to put that into their little bio um, <laughs> so it's it's very tough and we have to be careful to learn how to use technology and to not forget that we're still animals we still like we want to be primal we want to be wild and uh we're not robots yet <laughs> not yet but we better watch out <laughs> Tran transhumanism is coming i don't want it to um so on what you were saying aurora that uh you know the scent i think that's a huge one because what what were pheromones about right why do people have pheromones and when when you wear cologne or perfume you mask that and you can't smell that anymore and so it's almost like when when the craziest thing i ever saw was was when my daughter and my ex when she was breastfeeding when she would put her skin to skin and that chemical reaction that happened that caused her to start lactating so i mean if that if 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 that's possible right that our chemicals are yeah. so are that cause reactions in our body then there has to be something to the pheromone thing because then you like when you know it's almost like that, like an intuitive thing, right? Mm -hmm. And totally. that's gone. That's gone. Online, and, you don't have that. But then again, if you add cologne, that masks. Exactly. Like true, right? So yeah. there's different ways to manipulate. We don't even know we're manipulating each other. It's just, it's mm. so interesting. But when you talk about online dating, I just want to say quickly, um, you're also dealing with an individual person. You don't know how many friends that person has. You don't know how they treat other people. And then you like awkwardly go meet this person and they could they could behave any way they want. And there's no friend there to call them on their shit, right? Mm -hmm. So I think it's, I think for another reason, besides not being able to really get a sense of a person, I think it's more natural to like meet a friend of a friend because there's some accountability there. Mm. And um, that's another thing we had when we were in tribes is accountability because you knew 100 people and that's all you knew. There was no one that could pretend to be something they weren't. And that's yeah. pretty cool. Like, but our brains kind of like, they're kind of stuck in that. If this person's close to me, I should be able to trust them. And that's not always true. And there's mm. history there too, though, right? There's, there's, there's history of that person. So, I mean, 
you can online dating was was great for me because like I could you just go and you know you pick out what you want you window shop and and you know you can well when I first started online dating I wasn't very uh, honest about my intentions and all I was looking for was to get laid and you know I would not necessarily represent myself like that like that's all i wanted and you know i think that there's a lot of guys out there that do because guess what there's that fear if i tell you what i want then you may not then you may that may not be what you want and then you'll just leave right yep. and, and so that abandonment thing which is also part of a tribe so and, and so i'll lie to you and tell you what i think you want to get me what i want and then just then bounce later on. Yeah. Cause you you're know. scared. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But technology is a tool and tools are shortcuts. So that was a very efficient use of a tool for you. <laughs> so Roman Jones uh, chimed in again. She said, is that maybe because we spend most of our time in our subconscious mind? I don't know what the that is in that sentence. I think we've. Yeah, we. I think we went. We moved past that, and I, I, I missed. Uh, I missed a cue to shoot it up there at the right time. Sometimes that happens, guys. So I apologize if if. It's live. I didn't. I don't get to your question as uh, as quickly as like right when you're saying. So if you want to chime back in and let me know what is that uh, referring to, and then we can answer that question, Jackie. Uh, with a bunch of numbers, almost it's like my driver's license number, um, says, is the young teen generation in trouble because of lack of human contact? Hmm. I think a little bit. I mean, I know that the they call it Gen Z. They have already been labeled stressed and depressed. I don't know if you guys have heard that. Hmm. That's not um, a nice label. Eh? I'm sorry. That's a harsh label to live like it's harsh. <laughs> and that's my kids. So I have I have a soft spot for harsh labels. I don't really I don't really like labels. But anyway, yeah. um, I think yes, that's true because they don't like. I'm an Xer, so I grew. I had like a a childhood that was not. <laughs> not online and then there's this there's this sub generation called the Xennials, which are between x and millennial and they had analog childhoods but online young adulthoods and then the millennials were pretty much online the whole time right hmm. and if anything that is the label i will accept because that's like that's an experience you're having as a group of people. It's almost like, uh, what's the word I want? I can't come up with it. Anyway, I don't like labeling people, but I don't mind labeling people as far as their generation, because that is what affects how you process the world. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. But I, I do have hope for the younger generation because they seem to be less inclined to be um, uh, like they're more 
inclusive. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't they don't see they don't see color, they don't see race, they don't see any of the type of things that our generation grew up with with the boomers and their views towards, you know, let's say blacks or, you know, other races and stuff like that or just being segregated or or us versus them. They're mm-hmm. way more inclusive. Yeah. They're I, moving toward win-win. They mm-hmm. are. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. But, yeah, that it's part awesome, is good. But it's also very difficult. No, go ahead, uh, Roy. I I cut you off. Sorry. Um, it's awesome, but it's also difficult because they grow up in an environment where they feel a certain way, but the society is not reflecting what, like, how they feel. The society yeah. is reflecting exactly the opposite. Yeah. So it's hard, I imagine, to express yourself then and to feel okay with with what you feel is right and wrong. Um, totally. And that's why they're probably totally stressed out and depressed. I can see that. Yeah, I think they're they're not liking the hierarchy that yeah. is still part of society. And we do that out of desperation because there's so many of us. How else are we going to? you know, categorize ourselves or coordinate with each other unless we do have these pockets of hierarchy. We have a president of a company, we have blah, blah, blah. But it's really just hearkened back to our time when we couldn't talk to each other. It's just Mm -hmm. out of desperation that we are dependent on these hierarchies and categorization. And I think the younger generations are kind of like, okay, this is a bunch of crap. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, it's a it's definitely a good evolution, but it's tough to, to It's discuss. tough to get out of that hierarchy because that's all that we're like what how else would we do it? Just be a big blah. I mean, it's too scary to like trust everyone you meet, right? You need to like decide. So complicated. Yeah. This is where my conspiracy mind starts kicking in, all right? And so you have you have this generation that's not not really susceptible to the to the divide and conquer um, sort of mentality that that we see coming from mainstream media we see coming from the government we see coming from and these are all tools of control right if we could divide you and and have you fighting amongst each other then you're not paying attention to to and talking about you know what we're doing to you basically right. right this is the big picture yeah and so now you know the one thing is that you know um with schools and all of the different things that they've tried they've done like um i can't remember what the name of the the type of school that they're in right now or the curriculum that they're studying but there's no there's no um, critical thinking that's being taught in the younger generation and then as they separate they, they started taking everybody and putting them away uh, at home and doing the online education and causing more of that stress and 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 uh, what did you call them stress and depression within within those generations so now where they could have been okay they're 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 in line to take over in a way that wouldn't um keep these particular 
folks in power anymore if if they were allowed to flourish like like they were going to be doing so now something's been implemented to you know a let's take away their critical thinking and b let's stress them and depress them and keep them from from you know expressing themselves in a way that that could possibly you know take over in a positive way for humanity Right. If the divide and conquer is, is pretty scary stuff. But um, I will say that my kids are learning critical thinking. I think there are pockets of critical thinking still out there. Um, and I, uh, uh, Roman says exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I still have hope though, because in my head, there are groups of people that want to manipulate us, but in my head, they're, um, my, my parent, my, uh, conspiracy mind is mostly focused on businesses because they want to make money mm-hmm. in my head, government, their purpose isn't to make money. It's to, like you said, control people, but I just don't have that kind of ominous feeling for government. I think they mean well, but it's hard to control such a large group of people and the tools that we use to do it, they don't really work. I mean, because there's too many people, like our brains are used to hundred, 150 people. And so they do their best and they kind of suck sometimes, but um, the, uh, the automaton idea of like kids isolated, they're, they're not going to school in groups is often that's kind of scary to me because we need to like have checks and balances and kind of you know if you're isolated and you only learn what your family knows then how are you going to get along with other people and that kind of worries me a little bit mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah there's no uh, socialization Sorry. skills like you even have to socialize your animals like you have a dog I, you take them to the dog park so you can yes. socialize them and get them used people to know that about their animals but maybe not their children just because they yeah. want to them and it's not i don't think they're being mean i think it's that win-lose thing it's like why take the risk and we have to take risks if we're going to get along hmm. yeah i think it's no, amazing totally agree to that. watching kids develop like i have a, a almost four-year-old and like just seeing how her how she interacts with the world as she's learning different things and learning how to try to manipulate us. Right. And and doing that whole, well, let me see how far I can go with this. And, you know, it's like, that's ingrained. It's like, it's, it's like the same thing that like how ducks know to fly South for the winter. Right. Like, how do you know that? It's just that, that, DNA thing, that genetic thing that that's in your DNA, that's a part of a part of the fabric of your life. Now, you just know it. Vital skill. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's, it's yeah. awesome. You don't have kids yet, do you, Aurora? No, I don't have kids, but um, I was a kid once, <laughs> and it's it's fascinating how yeah, when you imagine the the fetus, the baby, and the belly has nothing to worry about they have the food they have the shelter you know they just swim around and then all of a sudden you're being thrown into this world and you're totally dependent 
and you can't speak and you have to like with your body like get the attention and then of course your brain learns that and and knows that oh when i do a certain thing uh, i get the attention and then when you learn to speak you will use your words to get what you need and um yeah it's it's i can't imagine to having a, a small one and to to see how they manipulate you and to see how you you want to give them what they need um but at the same time you you're like oh they got so much control over my my sleep and my well-being now um it's it's incredible and 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 add to what you say about the new generation i wanted to add that we see depression and aggression always as a very negative thing and it is feelings and and phases in our lives that are very difficult to go through but it's also the phase where we learn most about ourselves and the people around us and like i just thought if that generation really is going through anxiety and depression they will be able to one day maybe not right now but to um wake us up and and show us okay this is really sick we have to do things differently and you know i'm i'm trying to see the good thing and the bad there um no, i agree with you totally because and depression gives you sorry i just want to finish no yes depression, depression can give you so much depth and insight um that you would otherwise if you just float around like averagely happily never achieve so i want to yeah i just wanted to say that no that's exactly what i was going to say and so you said it way better than me but you learn things when you're depressed yeah and and i i think that when people are worried that they feel depressed sometimes you're supposed to be because you're figuring something out exactly and if this generation is they're slammed with all the information yeah. you know if you were an offline kid you got the information it was spoon fed to you as a kid online you get slammed with everything and maybe they're just processing it all and they're going to like come out as adults and have a lot more figured out than we do oh yeah but i want to say at the same time that doesn't mean we need to give up no no i but get tired of people saying oh the next generation will fix it it's like we can do something too yeah no they just show us how numbed up we are and how we have to be sensitive again and come back to the heart come back to community uh they will teach us and we have to be actively listening we can't we right. can't quit no 100%. yeah, yeah. And when we look back at, at, at the older generations, like like uh, Annette, your mom, your parents, your grandparents, mine, because we're kind of in the same, you know, Gen, Gen X, I think I'm, I fall into the one where I know what it was like before the internet and, you know, on it afterwards. And, you know, I know what a you know, rotary phone is and, you know, all those things. And our parents they lived in a generation where expressing your feelings wasn't okay. Right. Where, you know, mm -hmm. talking about, you know, your, your losses wasn't, 
allowed, you know, and it, it, it's a weakness. It's all oh, your, don't be vulnerable. Don't do any of the things that we need because all, <laughs> yeah, because all of the, all of the magic is in the struggle, right? Everything that we need to, you know, fail forward is, is in that struggle. And, you know, I think that people resonate more with your losses than they do with your wins, mm -hmm. you know, in, yeah. in, in each other. Right. Yeah. And that's, in the same boat. And, yeah. And I think that's what, you know, like applications like clubhouse are so popular right now is because people are getting a, 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 a have a way to connect with each other. That isn't Instagram. That isn't all about the wins. That isn't all about, you know, hey, look at my highlights. Woo, my beautiful life. You know, it's is like that reality? Probably not. No, it's, yeah, you have a beautiful, you have a beautiful couple hours out of a week. But the rest of that week is full of, of you know, self-doubt, uh, imposter syndrome. Um, you know, somebody's cheating on me or, or I have an opportunity to cheat on them or, you know, just all kinds of different things that, that, that come through in a regular week, right? Uh, the, the gamut of, of, you know, difficulties and struggles and, you know, Hey, am I going to be able to pay the bills this week or, you know, anything, you know, it could be, it's not just it, the wins are, are way less than, than the losses. Yeah, it's a fantasy sometimes. Uh, Roman, growth happens during times of tribulation. When you're happy, you're not really growing. Without one, the other doesn't have any weight. It's about balance. Well, that's that's true, too. Mm -hmm. Where'd you come from, Roman? Mm -hmm. Speaking all these truths. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are we friends? If not request me because yeah I love what please you have to say. add us so is there uh anything else that we want to touch on anybody else out there that's uh watching we got about seven viewers right now which is uh pretty good man thank you for participating everybody out there uh if you have any more questions or or anything you want to say feel free to drop them in the chat um oh she said uh, just randomly stumbled across the live show. Well, thank you. I'm glad you you awesome. stumbled across. Yeah. Sometimes things happen for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> That's so awesome. Very, very cool. Yeah, the universe always manages to put the right people together, right? Yeah, you just got to be stay calm <laughs> until oh. it happens. <laughs> yes, that's the hard part. <laughs> that's the really hard part because we think we can control everything. Yeah. 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 The, the most, the craziest concept for me to get ever when I was trying to get through my addiction and, and all the other stuff that I was going through was surrender to win. And as a team sports person, that was such a weird concept when we're always, you're, I was ingrained like to win, to win, to win. You don't give up, you know, it, it, like, especially, you know, when I, when I would think about, you know, times when I would be so like, I didn't know what to do. And, and I would start thinking about, oh, well, you know, maybe exiting would be the right move because then I wouldn't have to deal with all of this stuff that I created for myself. 
but then you know i was like oh no no if you do that you're you're gonna lose you know you, you can't let things beat you you can't let things you gotta win at all costs but when i got the concept of surrender to win which was mean not giving up but it meant stop fighting everything stop trying to control everything just let things happen as they will and do the right thing. Do the next right thing. Keep doing the next right thing and stop kind of control everything in your life. And things started to become a lot easier. I'm not saying they're perfect, but the self-awareness. No, like yeah, that's like the ebb and flow. Like if you're stuck in win-lose, that can get really tiring. And if you go to win-win, like what, what, say it again. What? Say that. What, oh, surrender to win. Surrender to win. Uh -huh. that, that's very win-win. That's like, reach out, find out who you can relate to, and work with them. But that's risky if if you have the option of controlling. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do that in my relationship now. Great. Is there like? <clears throat> On a hormonal level, when it comes to like cortisol or dopamine, like is there a level that we might have gotten used to during our childhood, like a stress level, but then it's also our chemistry who adapted to that, that we are trying to recreate? I think and, so. It's familiar. Yeah. 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 Again, the family and but that can be changed, right? When you like with meditation, with with new approaches, with new connections, that can mm -hmm. all that's not set in stone. That's my question. I don't think so. I yeah. mean, I'm I'm not a medical person, but um, as long as the first step is becoming aware of when the the fear kicks in. Because that yeah. cortisol, the adrenaline, all that is automatic. And yeah. it's possible that some people are a little more jumpy, if that's a mm -hmm. word. Mm -hmm. But just just kind of knowing that you're that it's happening. Yeah. Because when, you know, back in the day, that was a survival skill that was really handy. And I think we we go there more often than we realize. Mm. It's just kind of a you can't control your reactions, but you can kind of own up yeah yeah like okay i'm gonna calm down just give me a minute and then try again like you said the next best the next best action is that what you said mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah something like that yeah very good so, some something i heard somewhere <laughs> re re regurgitating we just imitate we're not that different from any other living thing. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not that smart either. So, I mean, I, I I take a lot of stuff that I hear in different places that sound really, really smart and regurgitate them out. And, you know, I, I try them too. And a lot of the times the things that work, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll you know, I'll talk about, right? Yeah, well, you're building a philosophy. That's And you're building your balloon. Yeah. And we all need that, right? I'm philosophical. I never you thought are. about that. Huh. Maybe I ought to put that on. I yeah. put that somewhere. It's <laughs> on your um, Nowhere But Up page. It's been classified on Spotify as philosophical. I oh, no, I didn't, I didn't know that. Philosophy. Oh, philosophy. That's, that's right. That's, 
that's the that's a category I'm in on uh yeah. I guess on my on host. Yeah, the on my Dude. hosting platform. You're smart. I just wanted to hear you say that. That's all. No, yeah, I'm just kidding. For an hour we've been talking <laughs> just so you can hear that I think you're smart. Yeah. <laughs> What do you need, Aurora? What do you need? No. <laughs> what do I need? Uh, okay, what do you I'm gonna, need? I'm going to read here. Robert Page. Nothing new under the sun. We take what we come across. And as a life, we're born, we're born philosophers. Yeah. We just got to allow it. We just got to let it all out, right? And not be scared. Yep. Live in love and, and not be good. scared. Live in trust. Oh, trust, trust. Yes. Oh, you can't, because you can't love unless you you can't love unless you trust. Yeah, trust is first. Oh, that's a yes. tough one, though. I know, but try, try trust. Yeah. Well, that that well, that's and- a that, that's a good uh, that's a that, that's a good thing. So next time we'll see when we come back, Aurora, for number four, we'll we'll see uh, implementing trust in our life and and see if we can't uh, what we come up with for the next one. Yes. Oh, I have so much to to. Yeah, I think we can talk about what we discussed here and then what happened in the last couple of weeks between episode two and three. And yeah. Oh yeah, lots happened. Lots happened between uh, two, uh, two and three, huh? Yes. <laughs> yes. I can't wait. Hmm. <laughs> and if and if any of you guys out there that are viewing right now are watching this, and you like uh, Annette, you know, you want to come on, and you know, maybe you've experienced some sort of abusive. Um, behavior in your life maybe you are an abuser or um have been abused or you know you're on that spectrum of of just being touched by it uh feel more than welcome to reach out to us like annette did uh through the email uh nowhere to go but up now at gmail.com or any of the other places like you can reach out to aurora on her page and i'll let her say where she's at sorry i didn't get a chance to load up all of these uh things like i normally do on my show um getting a little bit sick so i've uh i was kind of i was laying down until about like 20 minutes before this thing started and i got up and you know try to get ready real quick full disclosure (laughs) Wow. So, but, John. <laughs> all right, we got a couple more comments here. Um, CaveDwellerClub.com is where you can find Annette. That's her uh, website. Can I interject one quick thing? Mm-hmm. Um, so, my website has a bunch of stories about Cave Girl Claire, and that's the way I kind of introduce you know, hunter gatherer ideas and how you can apply them to modern day. So it's kind of a tidal wave of information. So just as an example, I'm going to recommend that Sean, if you end up going to my website, look at my blog and read just two of the 28 blog posts, I'm going to recommend meet Claire and to fan is human. And for Aurora, I'm going to recommend Meet Claire and The World According to Claire. 
I will check it out. So, so it's just kind of like a little introductory thing. <laughs> so I'm writing it down. So meet Claire and what was the second one? Meet Claire. And the second one for you is um, um, to fan is human. To fan. To follow, to fan. Awesome. I'll take a look at it. Groovy. Thank and you so much. That was so fun. You're welcome. Yes. Thank you for making it. Let's uh, we got one more question and then we'll cut out of here. Uh okay. Jack Jackie says, does anxiety have a more negative spin on today's society versus it being a good trait when we were running from tigers? Yes. <laughs> but we can't just shut it off. But we if we're aware of it, it helps. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, there you go there, Jackie. Hope that helped you. And I really appreciate everybody commenting and, and uh, participating. That really makes these things a lot funner uh, when you have audience participation. And it really just adds to the whole pizzazz of what we got going on here, right? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Aurora, why don't you go ahead and, and take us out? I think, I've, I think I've hogged up most of the time here on, uh, <laughs> on this live stream. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much john yeah i think um it was very insightful like very good to hear um a professional um someone who's like very in depth or, or very um insightful about uh the human psyche to to talk about abuse and to have like a a different angle that abuse is very negative and very destructive but it comes from a place of fear and distrust and when we sean and i i'm going to put us together in a box hear that it will make us aware that we can learn to be more like trustworthy but also to trust other people again and we know maybe that we have a second chance that we're not like stuck in the abusive box, but can get out of there if we want to. Um, and, and you make it very clear that we have a choice, um, that in the past we maybe felt like we didn't have a choice. We were too scared um, and not reflected enough. But now you gave us a bunch of tools that we can work with and feel more empowered and more secure. And... Um, less abusive <laughs> we're all in the same boat so yeah 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 no that was uh wonderful and if people want to reach out to us you have sean's email i'm on facebook aurora eggert or the borealis experience uh podcast and um yeah i'm very excited about um our next episode yeah, I got to make sure not to take take so long in between. I've been super busy this last uh, this last month, so yeah, we'll we'll try and get more on a schedule, and we'll we'll revisit and talk when we get off of this thing, and we'll figure out a uh, uh, more of a schedule to be on for it. I think we were talking, we were we were wanting to do every two weeks. Mm hmm. Okay, so yeah, I'll, we'll 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 make that happen. We'll do this uh, a little bit more yeah. often. And Robert says yeah, thanks to all who made this stream happen. Well, you're welcome, Robert. Oh, thank you, Robert. Thank you for being here. 
All right. Well, I think that's it. Thanks, guys. You're yes, welcome. Thank, thank you, Annette. Annette. So nice to meet you. All right. Well, everybody, have a great weekend, a pleasant day, and uh, be nice to each other. <laughs> we'll try. All right. <laughs> Bye. 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 <laughs>